What's up, Tribble Nation? This is the Bat Tribble. Um, welcoming you to December's edition of Tribble Nation. This is a very special edition. I had the um, the pleasure to sit down with someone from the Tribble Nation who is, in fact, an African-American woman who is not only a registered Republican, but who voted rather confidently and enthusiastically enthusiastically for Donald Trump in this most recent presidential election. Um, she is, her name is Rhonda, <laughs> aka the Ludite Tribble. Ludite because she is not on Facebook. She's not on Twitter. She doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have a computer in her house. Her You can reach her by email and that's only through her company email. <laughs> um, you'll hear all about her, her life choices as well as about her reasoning for not only um, becoming a Republican, but for voting for Donald Trump, her viewpoints on uh, Trump and all of his controversies, as well as her viewpoints on Hillary Clinton and um, all of her controversies. And we'll also get into a little bit of our ideals in regards to the world uh, past presidents, including Barack Obama. Uh, it was a very interesting um, and uh, enlightening as well as fun conversation that I had with Rhonda, who was someone that I, I you know, think very highly of. I was surprised to find out that she was a Republican and voted for Trump. I happened to run into her on the bus one day. You know, we said hello, and I noticed that she had a Trump button on her pocketbook. This was um, in the days after the election. And when I noted it, she said, yeah, I know. My sister just started talking to me again, too. So uh, I thought it was very interesting. And um, so I reached out to her and asked her if uh, we could sit down and have a conversation. And here's that conversation brought to you here on Triple Nation. I hope you enjoy it. I did. Yeah. What up, what up? Two, one, five. W H Y Y. Show your brother your love, let's go. Bat, master, spider, storm, super on deck, triple nation is born. We get it on from coast to coast. All around the globe, folks take the oath. I'm a triple furry, I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I cool. Too cool to be nerds, too cute to be geeks. The community tunes in whenever we speak. IGFB podcast retweet. Get the newest and the coolest going on each week. So come on in, here's your invitation. Stand up and be counted in the triple nation. Yeah. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Is it on? Yes, you're recording. Right. Feel free to, you know, talk normal on it. Now, um, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Um, so let me ask you, though, because I told you that if, if you want, I won't use your name. Would you prefer I not use your name? No, you can go ahead. You sure? I'm sure. You sure? I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> True, you know, you're nowhere. 
<laughs> you know, which, which was to me, I was like, well, I wonder if she's going to be late. I have no way of knowing because she doesn't have a cell phone. So we all did used to live like this. I know, <laughs> I know. When we had to, that's the difference, Rhonda. Is that we had to. We no longer have to. I mean, let's just like saying, you know, hey. We all used to just stay in one city because we couldn't get to the other cities. Yes, but now we have gasoline and the wheel. Yes, <laughs> now we have the wheel. We all used to be wear tons of lair and all the animals that we found, we would walk around with their carcasses on our back. But then we discovered fire. And, that, and then... And insulate. Exactly. <laughs> and barbecue. So... Your excuse is kind of thin. It's kind of thin. <laughs> but it's my story and I'm sticking to You're it. You're sticking to it. You're going to your grave with this. <laughs> I'm gonna be a luddite in my grave. I don't need a grave. I don't need I don't need a coffin. Actually, I, I did investigate that in high school because I wanted to just be wrapped and thrown into a hole and found out that that was illegal in Pennsylvania. So I just wanted to rot into the dirt. So what? You bought a plot in Jersey? So, so no, no I, I, I've accepted that in Pennsylvania, you have to be put into a fiberglass coffin, and the coffin has to be put into a concrete-lined hole. Yes. Because we have such a high water table. But I did investigate that. Just throw me into a ditch. <laughs> so did you just buy, like, the, the like you're going to buy, like, the cheapest coffin that there is? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Like, I, like the fiberglass doesn't even need to be pressed. Exactly. Just, like just <laughs> it doesn't need to be fancy. I it never doesn't wanted need to be it fancy to at, at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Do they have it? Do you they can use quick creep? <laughs> you know, and you know, like you know, just just throw me in there. You know, drying. What's this drying? <laughs> What's this? It's overrated. You know what I mean? Just you know what. It says it has to be a concrete seal, but it doesn't say I have to be in the seal. So put the seal and then lay me on the seal. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you don't even have to bury me. <laughs> you know, just lay me, just leave me out there. That's fine. <laughs> I, I will help feed the birds. I will do my part for a better mentalism. Take me to a park. And feed the animals. <laughs> Ludite Park. <laughs> Matter of fact, put me in a dog park. That's what I want. Kitty. A kitty? Kitty. Okay, kitty. 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 There you go. There you go. (laughs) It'll be Ludite Litter. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Bat Triple. And uh, I am sitting here bringing you this very special interview. Um, A window into the Triple Nation that you may not have thought existed. Because I am speaking with a member of the Tribble Nation here in Philadelphia who, in fact, is a Republican, a proud Republican. I'm out and proud. Out and proud. There you go. And who not only supported um, but voted for President-elect Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, uh, metaphorically, (laughs) for... Uh, Rhonda, a.k.a. Ludite Tribble. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, Rhonda? I'm all right. How are you? I, I am fine. I am Excellent. fine. Right now, Storm Tribble is like, listen to, what, what, what? what? 
that's what's happening right now. That's what happened to my sister, so I understand completely. Really? When I came out to her. First of all, let's just give people your bona fides because you are you are a Luddite triple because you are as much as you can be off the grid. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be off the grid. I just haven't found a good reason to go on the grid. Nothing has has explained itself. Why? Well, I did try for a cell phone. I had one for two years and hated it. And and the what, whole, what did you hate about the cell phone? It was like a leash. It's not a leash. It was a leash. I had to carry it every day and charge it at night. Oh my god! Turn it off and remember to turn it back on. And it was just—it was two years of heck. And uh, mm. so, yeah. So I did try. Talk about um, first world problems. I had to turn it on. Land. I know it's so first world. It's totally first. What's problem. this bullshit about activate? That's, that's like a superpower problem. I totally. Oh, and that, but it was just drama. <laughs> it's got a power button. Oh my, my god! And a, what's this cord? I remember, I remember leaving the house and then remembering I forgot the phone, and then people might call and running back into the house to get the phone, and then did I remember to charge it? Oh, I woke up in the morning and forgot it wasn't charged. It was just drama. So no, no, but I did try. Um, and in terms of the computer, did. I don't know. I fully thought I would have one by now. And when I bought my house over a decade and a half ago, I cleared a space for my little computer desk and everything and Mm -hmm. just never saw where I needed to have one to know what was going on in the world. Well, But sometimes it's not about knowing what's going on in the world. I mean, though, that is definitely a nice component to it. But sometimes it can be just as simple as entertainment, just as simple as I have books. Okay. And I already had TV. Okay. So I have music. That's true. So All right. I'm already entertained. Do you have Wi-Fi in your house? And I wouldn't know that how. Well, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when Mayor Street wanted Wi-Fi over the city, my streetlight does have two of those little thingies on top of it. Okay. So I don't know if that means I have access to it in my house or not do you have cable yes i do have cable you do have cable yes i am enslaved to comcast okay well that's something yeah well all right well we're not we're not here we're to talk about that's a whole other conversation why what makes it even more all the more amazing it, it, you being such a ludite as you are is that you are an extreme star trek nerd Right. Like hardcore. I, hardcore. Yeah. That makes no sense. It's, and I agree. I own that too. It, 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 it's sci-fi. You embrace the, sci-fi. the science and right. the science fiction of Star Trek. Trek. And I love all the geeky stuff and, and the, the computery stuff. Yeah, I love all of that. And when I do work, at, when I do my work at work and my my work is evaluated, they always mention, you know, Ron's excellent computer skills, but... Yes, because you work on a computer. Right. <laughs> you have, and, and thus you have access to email at work, which is the only way that anyone can reach you yep. over the internet is at work. If you don't know her work email address, you ain't getting Rhonda. <laughs> because otherwise she out in them streets and she just, she's just off the grid. <laughs> just living off the grid. Like you are like enemy of the state. That's what you are. <laughs> Speaking of enemy of the state. Yes. Have you um, 
Have you always been a Republican? No, 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 no. Um, I started following politics in 79 when we had the American hostages in Iran. And I okay. was on the cover of the papers. I was nine at the time. And so every kid, we had yellow ribbons everywhere. Yeah. And at school, we prayed for the hostages and stuff. Mm. I went to Catholic school. So um, that was my introduction to politics. And so I started actually following them the summer of 1980 when President Carter and Governor Reagan were going at it for the presidency. Yes. Um, and just so... In those days, in the olden days, a household had one TV. That's true. And the TV was controlled by mom and dad. That's so right. you watched what they watched. And so I watched the news and I was watching debates. And mm-hmm. I really liked what Reagan had. I found myself liking what Reagan had to say. And really? Not, Even at that young age? Mm-hmm, I found myself really liking what Reagan had to say and not liking as much what Carter had to say. Do you remember what it, what anything that he said that struck home with you at that young age not anymore i mean i'm sure i could have answered i could have answered that question at the time um but i do remember always liking him but then i would listen to my mom talking to to other grown-ups and how evil republicans were and they hate they hate black people they hate women and they hate the poor and since i was black female and poor that meant that Republicans hated me. So okay. then I had this whole weird disconnect that mm-hmm. I really like what Reagan has to say and what his supporters had to say. Mm-hmm. But Republicans apparently hate blacks, the p- women, and the poor. So when it came time to register to vote, when I was finally able to actually take part in the democratic system after college, because in college you don't really care about anything other than, you know, partying and classes um i registered democrat because that's what you're supposed to be right um usually and usually you join the party of your parents because that's what you know and i found myself throughout the 90s always voting for well the general election never interested me i was always much more interested in the primary and okay and i always found myself drawn towards the candidate that was the most socially conservative the most fiscally conservative the most in the end, Republican, and thus okay. not Democrat. Okay. So finally, I, I addressed this to myself and had myself a sit down with myself, me, myself, and I, that I had to get over this and just let stuff go. And I was going to have to actually be the Republican that I've always wanted to be. Okay. And just accept it. And I did. And putting Republican down on my change of party application, that was... What, when was this? What year? It was nineteen ninety-nine. Okay. Um so nineteen ninety-nine, that's Bush. No, Clinton was no, that's Clinton. That's that Clinton was, in office. Clinton was right. um yeah, that's pre-Bush. Um it, the year Street, the rear uh Mayor Street was running. And so that was the year I changed. And Well, Street will make you change the street. <laughs> street will make you cross the street, you know, you I, know, jump across the boulevard. He will do that to you. He wasn't so bad as a councilman. It was when he became the president of the council, I think. Um, mm. And, mm. and he was never my councilman. so mm. I can't. He always looked like a Dick Tracy villain to me. <laughs> just the hair. It's <laughs> just the hair. <laughs> true that. True that. <laughs> but yeah, so looking at that stark word Republican. So in 99, you was Clinton versus... No, 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 Clinton was in office. Clinton was in office. So it was going to be the next year. It right. was going to be uh, Bush Jr. and who was running? It was uh, the, um, 
Gore. Gore. It was Gore. Right. So were, did you like the presidency of, of Clinton? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. And I think it's, it's notable that a lot of Democrats didn't. Well, I mean, they do, but because he, he, he was moderate. Right. And um, so I did find a lot that I liked that he did, but a lot that he did or stuff that Republicans liked also, which is why. True. Which is why. Um, He's the ultimate politician. Exactly. Which is why, you know, why wouldn't I like him? Right. So I did have, I do look favorably on President Clinton's eight years. So I'm just curious then when you then decide to change over to Republican, then you've got Gore and Bush. Right. Gore was certainly a lot more conservative than Clinton. Yes. So I'm surprised that having the opportunity to kind of continue the legacy of Clinton with a more conservative slant as your president, I'm surprised that that didn't entice you to maybe stay Democratic. Right. And it, I was just never happy. I was just, there was just always something tugging at me that just always seemed off. Really? That's right. Because Gore wasn't a bad vice president and he did have policies that were similar. It would have been a continuation of a presidency that I really did like. Mm-hmm. But that was it was just that one item by my party also affects not just the presidency of the United States, but your senator and your your, your US senator, your state senator, your US rep, your right. state rep, your mayor, your council person, and staying Democrat just because I like the president. Which might not always be, mm-hmm. and and that's no, and even as a Republican, I might I don't always like the candidates. But did you like I'm Bush? Happier. Bush Junior. I did like Bush Junior. I liked McCain more, and I voted for McCain in the primary. Really? Yeah. Really? Um, what got me to accept Bush was when he chose Cheney as his running mate. Because because I was a fan of Dick Cheney's. Why are from, you a fan of Dick Cheney? What about Dick Cheney appealed to you? I liked his defense policies. And in the end, that was enough for me. That was enough for me. Was his defense policies? His defense policy. His defense policy. What that spoke to you? Are, are that they you, were strong? They just seemed strong. He's very strong. I, yeah. Yeah. And 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 uh, when Bush was running, because this was pre nine eleven, nobody knows anything about nine eleven yet. He was a, he was concentrating on literacy, which made sense because his wife was a librarian, and on. Um, his other issue was healthcare yeah. at the time. And and I like what he had to say about healthcare and literacy, but those were all domestic. And so Cheney brought in foreign in brought in, brought in yeah. a foreign um element to yes, that is. presidency. So it's okay, great, they're the two sides of the coin. I can deal with this. McCain, I would have liked McCain better, but I can deal with that Bush. Okay. All right. How did you think that their presidency ultimately played out his eight years? Their eight years. It was eight years. Yeah. Um did you? I assume you voted for you, you, you. Yeah, I voted for his reelection. I did not have a problem with the Bush presidency. Not, I didn't. I could not imagine anybody, any president, because even Clinton didn't recognize it. Because who would recognize the terroristic threat that came along? And that had to be. I, I mean, even now, and I'll give Obama that. It's it's like quicksand, and the sands are always changing, and mm-hmm. and. You just have to hope for the best and do what's best. And I do have issues with Obama's, some many of his choices in dealing with terrorism. But I recognize that this is just not a war that 
anyone's ever seen before. There are no lines. Yeah. Um. This 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 is. I guess this the closest analogy would go back to the Revolutionary War when the redcoats were used to marching in formation and came across the guerrilla warfare. Yeah. That the the, the colonists came Colonial up with. Like yeah yeah keep on marching. Yeah, imagine in your bright colors exactly. that we can see. Bright in the sun. Well, y'all want to fight at 12? Perfect. 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 You know, I don't know if noontime will, is best for us, but we'll make it work. We will make it. Yo, Charlie, they want to fight. Yeah, we'll make it work. Can y'all stand right there? Yeah, we just want to take nice, a picture. Your nice rose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got this big round camera right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's just a ball of film. Don't worry about it. Just smile. Anyway. Um, so, so um, but, however, I, I hear you on, like, Bush certainly could not have foreseen, you know, nobody could have foreseen 9-11 right. and everything in, in its wake. Um, however, um what did come of that and the way that they dealt with 9-11 is a little problematic. You don't believe that, you know, we weren't perhaps lied to and some say maybe even Bush was lied to by President Cheney and forcing his hand to uh, go after Saddam Hussein. Oh, the invasion. Um I agree in hindsight. At the time, at the time, what we all knew, and and maybe there were lies. Um, our great grandchildren will know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe there were lies based on information at the time. It looked like Saddam was a threat, and the invasion of Iraq was a good thing. Um, we created ended up creating a vacuum of power that got filled. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, it seemed like the best possible choice that. We don't want more people to die in large, massive numbers. True, but and it seems like it's the best possible choice based on faulty information. Based on faulty information. Right. And some, some say some made-up information. But nevertheless, um, what did you think of the presidency of, of Obama? You said you you weren't a fan of a lot of his um, yeah. international... Uh, uh, Obama and I are both black. That's what you think of Obama. And we're both from major cities. That's about... That's that's our common thread. Really? That's our common thread. So you do not you do not think Obama has been a good president. He hasn't done what I want. Um and, and in the end, that's that's how I look at politics is well, what do I, what does Rhonda want? Um, which will lead to discussion of this year and what happened last right. month. But um I did have a crisis in two thousand and eight when uh Obama and Clinton came to the front because either way, I would have to choose either my party or this opportunity to be a part of history and vote for either the the first black president or the first woman president. Um, and then Obama won, and I had a crisis for a couple months of you know, do I go with my party or at least for the presidency? Do I cross party lines and and vote for my and vote for my people's representatives? Basically. Well, did you not feel? Did you feel that you're? I mean, understand wanting to be a part of history, but being a pragmatist, did you feel your the Republican candidate was a better candidate? Well, and I I will 
I can't, I will, I did like McCain. I, I, again, you know, I had a chance in 2000 and yeah. I saw I have another chance now. And that was, that's why I had a crisis because this was my opportunity to vote for McCain again, except that he went up against a black man. Um, but then listening to Obama's policies and his worldview, he made the decision for me that it wasn't a decision at all. I could not vote for Obama. I didn't agree with his globalization worldview. I did not agree with his multiculturalism worldview. I did not agree with his, um, his uh, legend. We need legislation to force people to love the environment. And I love, adore the environment, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel that people should be forced into policies that would force them to love the environment. Um, I didn't agree with his, uh, what was it? Um, income uh, redistribution of, of, of wealth. None, there was not any policy that he came up with that I liked. Really? So, really. What the, I, I'm, I'm curious about your um, disagreement with his worldview and the multicultural cultural view. What about it do you bump up against? Because I would think, again, you know, just you wear it proudly with your Republican badge. You are a Star Trek fan. Star right. Trek is all about multi multiculturalism. I like the American system is different from from what I can see the way Europe does it. And you know, we had the Schoolhouse Rock song, "The Great American Melting Pot," and that is the idea: is that all these different people all come here and we all create this stew. Right. Whereas the way I look at Europe is they're making salad, and in the stew, even though things are different, there's also common. Yes. Yeah, your carrots never taste like carrots anymore, and your beef never tastes like beef. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like beef, but in the end, there's this common element. And in the salad, everything stays separately. And you can be everything you want to be as much as you want to be. But it, if, but in there, there's nowhere, there's nothing, there's no common thread. If everyone is the person they want to be, the culture they want to be, then nothing ever connects anybody. And there has to be some connection, or there will be a clash. Because okay. we can see that in nations, nations clash. So why would you bring that clash within a nation? I didn't understand why you would want that. That just does not seem like a good idea to me. So do you, you thought that that's what Obama was uh, proposing? Just the fact that he likes it, that he thinks that's a working policy. Well, but, but was it that he thinks it's a working policy or something it, the um, a European model could be melted or brought into the stew that is America to thereby enrich what is already here in America. But I didn't feel that we weren't rich already, which is another issue is he, when he campaigned, he's like, you know, he didn't, everyone has boiled it down to Obama didn't agree with American exceptionalism. And I understand that on a level that it was a way for him to show other nations that, you know, we don't think ourselves better because nobody wants to think that yes. they're, they're less. But I do think that we're better. I, I do think that there is American exceptionalism. I do believe that we are this great country and we are this strong country. And I want us to be this great country and mm -hmm. this strong country and to not be ashamed of being great and strong, to be proud of everything that we've managed to accomplish. There's a difference be, being, uh, between being proud and, and being arrogant. True. And, that and, and that's a fine line. And you don't know that you've crossed it until you're on the other side. Well, I think the fact that uh, uh, nations of the world were lining up against 
America is kind of like an indicator that, hmm, maybe we've crossed the line. But when were they lining up? Well, they certainly were lining up uh, in and around and throughout the Bush presidency. And that's one of the reasons why you had the the terrorism explode on the level that it did. But is that a response to we think you're and maybe that is I'll give you that. Maybe that is a response to we think you're getting too big for your britches and we need to bring you down. But then that adds, that begs the question, why did they think that we were getting too big for our britches? Well, America and I've always had a problem with this. America is a great nation. It is. And it may be one of the, if not the greatest nations on the planet. But what America also is, is very selective about their memory and about their history. Um, and they are very quick to jump into the, the business of other countries and, and tell them what they are doing wrong and telling themselves or calling themselves presenting that country with a roadmap into how to do it right, right? Without ever really truly acknowledging and in some and sometimes even um, dealing with the problems, systemic problems that are here at home. And that has that has always rubbed me the wrong way. We do come off sometimes as like big brother, but don't even have our eyes like taken care of home. And I could see where there are countries out there that be like, yo, like, why don't y'all just like pump your brakes and deal, just stay home and deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Deal with, deal with your inner cities. Deal with like, you know, y'all want to come over here and talk about like, you know, you should have freedom of speech and all this type of stuff. And yet you've got, you've got a whole lot of racism. You've got a whole lot of anti-Semitism that, that is allowed to, um, to thrive to a degree in, in, in your own country. You know, why don't you... Handle that. Handle that before you come over here and start and start um, waving your big, uh, big stars and stripes over in my business. And if you want to have a conversation, we can have a conversation. But you want to come over here and just want to stomp like you one of the big boys. No, nah, I don't go. It don't go down like that. That's sometimes what America has done, and a lot of that was brought on in the um, in the presidency of Reagan, uh, Daddy Bush. Um, Clinton fought against that a little bit, but Clinton, because Clinton is an arrogant man himself, he had a little bit of that himself too. So, you know, he tried to fight against that, but sometimes he would be like, yeah, but I understand that we are the best though. You know, so he had a little bit of that as well. And then George Bush, who I actually think myself, I don't think George Bush was a good, a good president, but I don't, I think he wasn't a good president because of the people around him. Like, I don't like your dude, Cheney. Okay, Cheney. And I think that I think that George Bush, the man, if um, properly guided by the people around him, could have been the beginning of an answer to that. But his his vice president, Dick Cheney, having more of the the 
the foreign policy background and international background in in him and thus Bush allowing him to take the lead steered him uh steered him wrong in in uh in that realm which is why then you have Obama for probably a good 6 of the 8 years that he is in office trying to dial back on all of that stuff doing what I actually think that Bush could have done if steered right and that Clinton could have done if he you know could have kept it in his pants you said um going back to the beginning of that that historically we've been big brother going where our nose you know telling people how to live their lives but historically that's been what every country does every country the minute they get any power have started going into other countries and telling them how to live their lives because your life is not like my life and my life. So I'm going to give the United States a pass because that's just the way that all nations have managed to do it. Um, Even England, talking about um, forgetting their history and England right now, their school books um, are just as bad as ours. And Mm -hmm. they're not teaching about the colonization that Britain's had. That's just not in the books. Our books are now saying that we've tried to colonize everybody and their books are saying we didn't colonize anybody. Right. Um, True. So that was that was just that was just we now know with hindsight, no one should be doing that. And England gave up Hong Kong and we're, you know, Obama's pulled us out of countries. So we now know that's not there's no place for that. And there especially seemed a place for that after World War Two, when Russia formally became the USSR. Right. And we're gobbling up countries and so we started gobbling up countries to to make sure you can't have these countries because we have these countries Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the two countries started carving up the war just like they carved up germany yeah so i'm not gonna you know yeah reagan did it and bush did it but that's just the way that that history had the the nations have been since world war ii and even going back to the beginning when we were formed because we're only what I think we're up to like 250 years old or whatever. You're right. But but that's our heritage. That is our heritage. But like I say, just because it's historically... Right. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. And I I believe that the man Bush... Because from what I have been able to to learn over the years, and admittedly some of this is in hindsight, but some of it through during his presidency, George Bush Jr., it's a very nice dude and a very intelligent, intelligent man. He's clever he, and, he, and he, he's smart. He's witty. Um, a lot of that just didn't, wasn't allowed to show, like I said, because of the, the hands that were guiding him. I think that to, to what you're saying, Obama has been the first president to kind of like, whoa, pump the brakes on a lot of that and and uh try to remedy you know try to be the, that difference um the, to to change that historical precedent and if he had done it by just us pulling out of the by just pulling out pulling back i might have been okay with it but he did it the subservient way that oh my you know the apology he was very he was very the, deliberate the apology towards like oh i'm so sorry you're so right and you're a wonderful kate nation and you know it, it, it made us look like we were at fault and and my american pride 
took a hit because I never thought we were at fault and that we had anything to apologize for. Well, considering that we do, like, because by the time Obama, uh, by the time Obama is doing all of that, you you now know of some of the the craziness that was happening in the Bush um, administration. You you some of the some of the some of the misinformation is coming to light. And with that misinformation, you have a lot of the moves that maybe you don't make if you've got the right informa- right information. So with that, Obama does have to say, you know what? Without saying that we fucked up, you know. And if he hadn't said it, I'd have been okay with it. But when you go to dictators and you bow and scrape, Mm, no, no. See, I, I, no I, and that's how I took it. I okay, took it as enough. bowing and scraping ar- around the world, and, yeah, and 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 I had no no patience for America bowing and scraping. Apologizing, <laughs> yes, but an apology doesn't require you to drop down to your knees like the king and I, and back out of a room on your on your hands and knees. Okay, well, I I I, I we we agree that we disagree. We're, yeah, on that. It oh, it sounds like a conversation with my sister. Oh, we agree to disagree. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, you said that Obama wasn't he 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 uh, he was a president that didn't do what you wanted the president to do for you because that's the way that you what did what do you want the president to do for you? What is it that you were looking for in from 2008 to 2016 that Obama did not do? Strength of my nation and recognition of the individual, not just the individual's accomplishments. What do you mean the individual's accomplishments? What individual? Well, one of his things that he, I don't remember if this was part of his campaign or within those first hundred days, but the, you don't make, you didn't make this to entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. telling them that your business isn't yours. And I understood where he was coming from that, you're, it, this is not like a dictatorship where the government may come in at any moment and take your business. You have the right to call 911 in case people are stealing from you. You don't have to hire personal security out of your profits. Mm-hmm. And, and I understood that. But I, I didn't get that he had this sense that, no, this is their business and we do not get to share in it. This is theirs. He, he He's, for me, Obama is too much of a, the whole wealth redistribution thing that, you know, the rich don't need to be as rich as they are. And my, Do you think that's what it was about? That's what my interpretation of it is, is, you know, you have too much money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who, who am I to tell someone who's rich that they have too much money? Mm-hmm. If they want to have all that money, they can't take it with them. Mm-hmm. So if they want to just, you know, hoard wealth, like Rumpelstiltskin hoarded straw, let them. Um, that, that I have nothing to do with it as long as they're not affecting my life. I still have a roof over my head. I still have a job. I still have food in my refrigerator. I still mm-hmm. have, you know, Star Trek to watch on TV. I'm good. And I don't, I, I it doesn't affect me what they have. Um, but by, and, go ahead, go ahead. And, and because also one of the things that I love about America is that we have the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You have the right to go to school and to study and to, you know, do the best you can and and find a place for yourself in this world. Everyone has that right and that opportunity. All you have to do is do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. It's 
by no means easy. And as someone who grew up poor, it's it's even more difficult. But it can be done. It, okay. it just requires a little more. Okay. So maybe I had to fill out more financial aid applications or maybe I had to take more tests to try and get a scholarship or maybe I had to work more after school, but, but it can be done. True. You just have to do it. And I'm, that's more, that's, that's not more of my view. That is my view. And I didn't get that from him that, you know, why should you have all these millions and gazillions of dollars while someone like Rhonda is struggling? You know, wouldn't it be nice to give Rhonda a break? And that's fine if you want to bring Rhonda to their attention and say, wouldn't it be nice if you could give Rhonda a break, but to force them to give Rhonda a break that I don't think anyone has a right to do that. Okay. But then the argument would be the, the, the counter to that. I, I don't want to put it, put it in that aggressive, you know, verbiage. The counter to that would be that um, if you are Mr. Trillionaire, billionaire, and you're making your money and nobody's saying you shouldn't make your money, because this is how I read it from from Obama. Nobody's saying don't make your money. Make your money. But just as every American pays their due share of taxes um, based on their income and then and also based on your income and within that your circumstance, you're allowed to take so many credits or get so many breaks. But, you know, at the end of the day, you pay what is basically your your share, you know, um, there are people who, because of different things that have been written into the tax code over the years, ha- are not paying, you know, what their income would indicate as their share. There are people that whom for 10 years have been writing off almost a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. So Warren Buffett, who said he makes he pays less taxes than his secretary. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, but he, but but he also does still. He pays less, like his personal income tax. Right. Personal income tax, but is the he because pays you don't more. live off your income. You 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 play with the books so that you right. live off of of the profits from your stocks and bonds. Right. Things which are taxed differently than income. True. 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 But the thing is, is that the people that are making said money shouldn't they pay what should be. You know what more reasonable fair share towards the uh, in taxes to the country, and I I see that as being fair. Don't you? Don't you believe in? I absolutely believe that in fair. And one of the problems is the ridiculous tax code that we have that no one can understand. And I and I what's the word? Not preface. I, I take back from that that there are people who can understand it and people like Warren Buffett, the rich, the, the one percenters, they can afford to have someone whose whole job is to sit there and that's their 40 hour a week job is to actually read the entire United States tax code and know what's on every single page of the tax code and find a loophole and find every loophole, which John Q. Public who has to work for a living, mm-hmm. they don't have that time to read the tax code and find mm-hmm. all the loopholes are there for them to use too. They just don't have the time to find them all, especially in that January, whenever you get your W-2 through August, through April 15th, you don't have time to find out all your loopholes. But a lot of those loopholes that were put in there were put in to help the, the lower, the, 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 the little guy. Yes. But the thing is, because it's America, 
you can't say that it's just for the it's little just guy. for the little guy. It's it's going to be used by the big guy too. So, from from my opinion, I agree with you in this. I don't want loopholes. I don't want anything for anybody. Take all those things out, and then my with my little income will pay little tax. And then the big guy with his huge gazillion, Mr. Billion Trillion, he's going to end up paying the same, his percentage, which mm-hmm. is more than my percentage and always has been. Right. But he will no longer have those loopholes to use also. Exactly. And, but, and at the end of the day, as far as so I understand. So that's why I don't support a redistribution of income. I would rather see a rehabilitation of the tax code. When I learned, because I had to take this, I was a business major. And... In my um, tax class, which I had to take, we had to learn about the beginnings of the United States taxes, Mm -hmm. which was 1913, the very first Mm -hmm. income tax. And everybody who made, if I remember it correctly, audience, please forgive me, it was like 30 years ago. But if I remember correctly, it was, well, I know it was only an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, one-sided, lots of white space. And if you made over... It was $10,000 or $100,000. You pay a 10%. Okay. Period. That was it. Right. That was it. It was just a flat. If you make this amount of money, you Mm -hmm. pay this much in taxes. Mm -hmm. And that eventually became the progressive tax that we now have where we have 25%, 33%, 50%. But the guys who should be paying 50% also can afford to hire somebody like me to learn the tax code and find every single loophole. True. But if you're the president, what be it Republican or Democratic, Libertarian or what have you, and you try going in there saying like, we're going to tear it up and this is what we're going to put in, it's never going to make it. So you, what you have to do is go in there and find a way to get back to as close to what you're proposing as you can as can be. And that is how I read what Obama wanted to wanted to do. If it sounds like a redistribution of the wealth of wealth, maybe it does because it's going to affect the people that make the most money, right. make most money, but that's because like you just said, they're the ones that are finding all of these loopholes. So yes, they will be the most affected. But at the end of the day, really all it is is trying to get us back to that fair fair scale that you actually feel like it should be. But he wasn't taking mo- stuff out. He was we have to come up with more deductions. And that's just clogging it more that's just clogging it more. We have to find new ways to help people out. Don't find new ways to help people out. Find ways to take away from these methods. I, it's been a while since I did look look at his um, what he was proposing because he was getting fought all the way by on by Republicans. Mm-hmm. But from what I remember, he was taking some stuff out. He was rewriting some of the tax code. There were um, there was language in there that was uh, revising and reshaping the tax code as it was. Right, but that's still the problem. Why revise, rewrite, remove? But see, that's the thing. But like I just said, if you go in there and you're just trying to do these wholesale removes, then you're 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 just you're you're begging for the fight. So you have to go in there with a plan that is gets what you want, but a plan that you think that the opposition can work with and even if it and even if they can't work with it 
that uh, a plan that offers um, them enough wiggle room so that we can come to an agreement uh, based on each side equally compromising. What Obama uh, found when he got into the White House and it stuck with him through all eight years is that almost everything that he proposed was this big war because the other side was dead set against him uh, doing anything and winning anything without a fight. Well, he was dead set against Republicans also, if we're going to be fair. He was dead set against Republicans from the very beginning also. So both sides drew a line. Because I do remember after, the, in those couple days after the election when the president-elect gives his speech mm-hmm. and he mentioned the divide that was in America. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't remember it verbatim any longer. But he said, you know, I recognize that there are differences in the country. However, those differences have ended with my election. And they didn't end. I sat there listening to that. And it's like, but the difference, I still feel the way I do. And I just didn't, for me, that didn't give me any acknowledgement that I had a point of view. It's like, well, your, your opinion doesn't matter anymore. That's how I read it. And then after he entered office, he had a meeting with congressional leadership to discuss the big healthcare thing. Yes. And um, Speaker Ryan, who was then still representative ryan um came in with this huge like it had to be like a four inch binder packed with paper and with color tabs or whatever and started to give his opinion of of things and he's like and and he got shot down he's like you know i won the presidency so he pretty much told him you know pump your brakes because i won and we're going to do things my way so he was never really interested in what Republicans had to say from the very beginning. And that just drew a line. So, no, I recognize Republicans, you know, obstructed him all the way, but we got obstruction, no acknowledgement of the things that we wanted Well, in the beginning either. Well, in the beginning, in the beginning. when you are the president and you have just, you know, been, a, you know, you've been sworn in and you've been sworn in with, you, you with know. With a mandate. With a mandate. Yes, when you you sit down to the table, you you are the president. This is what I'm proposing. Now you want to look at what I'm proposing, and then you want to say, okay, I like what you're proposing. This is what I'm offering, you know. And then let's see where the two meet in the middle. That's fine, but the that that makes sense because that's you. Okay, I understand. It's the president. He's coming with a mandate. What are you putting to the table? That's not what the Republicans wanted to do. The Republicans wanted to say, okay, you're the president. Boom. This is what we want to do. Not what do you want to do, president? That's the way they approached him. And it was then with that, that's when he drew the line in the sand. Like, okay, no, this is what I want to do. I'm opening the door to you to look at what I want to do. And let's work work from here. And if you have uh, things that something that you want to bring to the table and we'll find a common ground in between them, let's do this. But no, I'm the president. This is what I want to do here. You read this. Yeah, I, I, my first day with the keys and you giving me something to read? No. Here, you read this. That's what the president does. I would have no problem with any president that does that because that's I elected you to do that. You know? That's what happened in the beginning. That's the way I read it. 
Okay, and that's fair, but that doesn't for me that reads more like a prime ministership than that's a not presidency. a prime minister. That's not a prime ministership. Prime ministers they they do whatever. That's not dictating. No, I didn't say dictate, but the way a prime minister in a parliament works for, for for someone who has not studied how prime ministers and parliaments work, but the prime minister makes a decision and goes about this, and then if it turns out they didn't like it, then you can call a vote of no confidence. Okay. But in the end, the prime minister got to yeah. see their vision through. Right. But, that, but that's not what I'm saying he was doing. What, what the president did was, this is what I'm proposing. Right. He didn't say, boom, this is what's happening. He said, this is what I'm proposing. You know, I'm giving you something to read because I'm here with a mandate. Here's, here's my plan. Here's I get to lay out my plan, my vision on the table first. Then you look at that, and th- that's that's the starting place. Not saying that this is what's going to happen, but the starting place is my vision. The starting place is not your vision, unless you're on my cabinet. And then, yes, your vision is what you're bringing to me, and we bring it. That's all part of this plan. But if you're not on my cabinet, then the, we are starting with me and my crew what we are proposing. And from there, that's where we build the government. That's not what the Republicans did. I agree. That's not what the Republicans did. They they went and said, "Well, and that's they not, went prepared with this is what we want out of it." And that, and and that's and that is not what you do. They didn't do that to Clinton. They didn't do that to. Um, they didn't. Well, I can't even say they, whether or not they did it to Carter because uh, because that was a whole different circumstance because of Ford and the way Ford got in yeah. there. But they didn't do that to Clinton, and Clinton or the Democrats didn't do that to Bush. Well, I don't think I don't think Cheney would have allowed them to. <laughs> Cheney, Cheney wasn't going for that. But but the but the Democrats didn't do that to Bush. The Republicans did that to Obama. Why they thought they could do that to Obama and didn't do it well, to Well, he was Obama? doing, well, in fairness, why they might have done it without knowing, but Obama was looking for a wholesale change the way things are done in America. That was his vision. Yes. Right. But a whole, no president has ever come in looking to wholesale change the way the United States. So that sets up, for me as a Republican, you're trying to wholesale change you're not just bringing in little waves. You're bringing in a tidal wave. Yes. And I'm going to combat that tidal wave with a wall. But why are you going to combat that tidal wave with a wall? Because if- I didn't want the tidal wave. I didn't mind little waves, but you came in with a tidal wave. Well, okay. Maybe I have come in with a tidal wave, but you don't know what the tidal wave is going to do. If that tidal wave well, is going to... the tidal wave was the redistribution of income and and legislating, making people love the environment and making people give money to the poor and making people do things. I don't think that's... You don't make anybody do anything. You can cajole them, you know, tell them how... Give them an argument of why it would be best mm-hmm. for them and nice mm-hmm. for them, but mm-hmm. you don't force people to do things. And that was what I got from his campaign and the transition period was yeah we're gonna because he said we're gonna fundamentally change the united states and i didn't i didn't have a problem with the united states okay the united states have issues yes but do i have a fundamental change with the fundamental problem with the united states i do not and then if the republicans had come in with at least 
open to his what he was saying, open to his ideas, and then try to uh, instead of having okay. I, for me, I wasn't open. I hear you. I hear you with stopping the tidal wave with a, with a, with a wall, but because it's the president, you can put the wall up, but there's still got to be a door, and there still has to be a door by way we can have a conversation. There still has to be some form of line of conversation, and and that's not what they were proposing, and they never and they very rarely proposed proposed that throughout his presidency. Well, throughout the presidency, absolutely, I agree with you. But for those first two years. And, and why I did not have a problem with the wall at all was because Obama came in with a supermajority. So not only did he fundamentally want to change the United States, he had that tidal wave that he mm-hmm. had the vision. Yeah. All presidents have a vision, and I'll give about every... You don't run for president unless you have a messianic vision. Um, he had a vision for the United States, and he had the power to make that vision happen. And that freaked me out to no end. Because he had the 60 votes he needed in the House and he had the 60 votes that he needed in the Senate. So there is nothing any Republican could have done to stop anything he wanted except talk really loud. Okay. And that scared me. Why? Because I didn't like his vision. But but if that scares you, if you don't like his vision, then why don't you... Okay. The one thing that while he did have this vision and it was a very... a very, you know, it was it was a it was a vision and a half, right? It was the vision quest of vision quests. That's what Obama had, you know. But if you're not agreeing with everything in that that uh, vision, the one thing that Obama has always seemed like was a man who you could talk to, you could have a conversation with, and if you had a point of view and and sound backing and reasoning behind your point of view he's a man that you could you could work with and deal with they didn't do that and we were supposed to know that how when because you open up the the lines of conversation because he put out the lines of conversation you had the conversation when he did that speech, he said, "You know, I know the differences, but those differences ended with my election." Those differences and <laughs> those different. The way they you did read that, end. The, the, we've had differences. Those differences end with my election because there was no because in his sentence. No I, I think. I think there was. I think there was a because in his in his stance. In his stance, maybe, but not in his words. Well, I, I and for someone who was elected because of his, he's a, actually he's an mm-hmm. excellent orator. And for mm-hmm. someone who's such an excellent orator, mm-hmm. it, there should have been a because, and I didn't hear a because. You didn't hear a because. I was I didn't, I was listening to the speech. There was no because. Okay, all right, <laughs> I hear you on that. So then that brings us. What did you hear in the speeches of Donald Trump that made you vote for him? Because there was a there was a there's a lot of words there. Because he touched the third rail. And, and there's this understanding. I hate the political machine. I have always hated the political machine. Both sides used the political machine. Even my party for this election used the political machine. And for the record, Trump was not my first choice. He was not even my fourth or fifth choice. Um, Who was your, I'm curious. Who was your, my first three were Cruz and then Walker and then Kasich. I could have lived with Scott. But, yeah, so 
Trump okay. was down there, but I gave him credit because he was touching the third rail. And every four years when the president would run, and even every other year during the midterms, politicians would be told what not to talk about because Americans don't want to hear that. And I'd be sitting in my living room, but, 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 but I want to talk about that. And you couldn't talk about those things because that will doom your election. And Trump had nothing to lose. He had never been a politician before. Um, he had money to burn, uh, talking about gazillion trillionaires. So he touched the third rail. He talked about the things you weren't supposed to talk about, like immigration, um, like the, 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 the people who live in the flat states, what we call the flyover states, the coal workers, um, uh, changes in, in, in tax law or, or allowing corporations to keep their, their money because you're not supposed to talk about that. We'll find some other way for them to do it, but you're not supposed to actually talk about it. So I appreciated him talking about the things that I've been screaming in my living room. So going against the machine. Sanders did the same thing, going against the machine and talking about the things you're not supposed to talk about. Fair enough. So let's. Uh, one of the things that he talked about was uh, banning all Muslims coming into the country. Did he say banning all Muslims or did he say ban Muslims from countries we're not so sure about? Well, he said... Because then it's go back to interpretation. I agree. Yes. He said a ban on all Muslims coming from countries suspected of having... Um, uh, 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 terrorist ties. Terror, terrorist ties. Yes, he did say. He, he did say that. He did say that. Okay. Um, but it's what I was thinking. That's what you were thinking. I was thinking. I've been thinking that for years. A ban on all Muslims from from countries with terrorist ties. What about so so if you're not a Muslim? But Christians aren't coming here and killing. And well, don't say that. Uh, that's true. That's you true. can't say that. I can't say that. I can't. You're right. You are absolutely right. I cannot say that. But. Uh, but going again, he was saying the things that I've been thinking. Okay, I, fair enough, fair enough. But just like you just opened up, the, you just right. opened it up. You can't yeah. say, you can't, you didn't call for a ban on Christians. That's true. And we have no or, way of proving it. we have it. no way of proving that. Whether or not any Christians or Catholics or Jewish people have come over here and committed crimes. I wouldn't be surprised. That, you know, back in the days of, and it may even still be going on for all I know, back when you had like the whole uh, Irish Catholic, you know, wars and going over and overseas. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them didn't come over here and start, you know, starting some ruckus up in Boston, you know, in the in, in the name of, you know, it's the name of oh, oh, wow. the orange and the green. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and that's terrorism. Yes. You know, but nobody would have, and nobody would have called a ban on them to, to call for, um, a ban on a religion, on a religion, on a religion. That's, that's, that's not American. That's not, that's not, is that, is that your America? And and I think you you just said something. A lot of that I heard in the in days following um, Trump's election, I kept hearing, you know, this isn't my America. You know, this is not the America I thought. And I brought this up to a friend of mine that, again, I'm glad this, that we're talk, talking about this because that question, that comment, begs the thought that 
well, what America did you believe in? The America that you were thinking we had or the America that actually is. Okay. And those are two, those could be two completely separate Americas. And there seemed to be a disbelief that there was America other than the one that I've had in my head. So, which goes back to what I was saying earlier, what we touched on. These are the things that I've been saying. And maybe they weren't the things that you discuss at pretty parties, but mm-hmm. it's what was going through my head because it's mm-hmm. what I saw from my America, which was different from your America. And I think there was a realization that the America that was in your thoughts specifically wasn't the America that was in all 350 million of our thoughts. Okay. Right. So so with that, that being said, the America in your thoughts is an America that needed to ban that religion from those not ban no and from and, those countries. and not ban your religion i was glad he brought it up now we can discuss it no one would touch it before that was considered something that was a third rail you don't talk about it mm-hmm. i want it 12 stepping addicts no you can't solve a problem unless you talk about it unless you admit to it bring it to the table mm-hmm. so how can we fix anything if we're not, if, if we have to pretend it doesn't exist and not talk about it until maybe later, and we, and there's never a later, so I was glad we could. He's, you know, let's let's give him that. He said, ban all Muslims. Well, now I'm in a position to say, why are we banning Muslims and not banning Christians, or why are we banning? Can we really ban a religion? All of a sudden, we had this conversation that we never had before. Mm-hmm. So, and that's because of his comment. However, you interpret it because of that comment, we got to discuss this. And now we are discussing what about vetting people from who are trying to immigrate from specific countries? What if they are refugees? How are we going to make sure that they're an actual refugee and not just somebody who's going to come here and cause trouble? You know, should we vet them here in the United States or vet them overseas? These are all conversations that we should have been having. That's what I've been screaming in my little living room, but we were never touching on because, you know, that's a third rail and somebody might get upset. I want somebody to be upset. Well, first of all, we are and have been um, throughout all of uh, Obama's presidency vetting people that want to come. I mean, do people sneak in under the cracks? People sneak in under the cracks all all the time. But but they have been vetting people as as best as they can, you know, um, that do try to come to America. And the the reporting actually has been, um, and even from some people that have gone through the process, is that it... it it's, it's pretty a, thorough. It's pretty thorough and pretty much it's, it's a bitch to get in here. You know? And that's what Obama had... Obama had set up. Some of that was set up near the end of Bush's uh, administration. And Obama, you know, in some people's eyes... Tighten the screws on that a, a little bit, you know. Maybe, maybe in other people's eyes, he didn't. But the the consensus, from what I've been seeing reporting, is that if he didn't tighten the screws, he didn't loosen them either. Okay. And so, I, but I wanted them tighter. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You want if you didn't want them tighter, but the, but the fact of the matter is, is that we were vetting, and the, and according to the people that are going through it, it was pretty thorough. Okay, so it's not that it's not that it wasn't anything that was being that wasn't being done, um, and as far as having the conversation, it's one thing when a pundit brings up brings up the conversation, and it's one thing when you you put the conversation on the table. But I'm not electing a pundit. Oh, I, I hear sorry. I hear you, but it is one thing when you put it on the table saying, "Hey, let's talk about this," but that's not what he did. 
what he did was say, this is what I am going to do. That's not opening up a conversation. That's telling you that if I get in office, all about this whole mandate that the president goes into the office with, that's my mandate. I'm banning all Muslims. I'm putting a ban on a religion. And he's telling you, that's not what you're saying a conversation. I hear you on having a conversation. I hear you on speaking, speaking your mind and speaking what, you know, some people do have, yes, admittedly have going through their heads while they're sitting there eating at the dinner table, watching CNN or MSNBC. That there, There's a difference between opening the door to the conversation and putting it out there, riling up a crowd and an audience by saying that this is what I'm going to do. There is a a difference. Words matter. Words matter. And did he roll up the crowd? Absolutely. Because I was so happy that someone finally said it. I was just over the moon, ridiculously excited. Okay, but would you want... So let me... Do you want... Would you be fine with a ban on a religion? No. But that's what that president... That's what he proposed. That's what he proposed. And that's what he's and, pro- proposing. And we just talked about, and every president has a right to propose. And then the other side has a right to obstruct. Okay. All right. So, so. so no, th- yeah. It, it, I honestly don't think that, and I never thought that he was going to get a wall. That we're not going to get the Great Wall of China along the southern border. Um, I don't want the Great Wall of China along the southern border. Do I want some kind of stoppage along the southern border rather than come on we know you want a better life and we'll feed and clothe you no i do not want that i'm glad he brought it up and now he is in a position i was glad he brought that up we got to discuss it It was a third rail you're never supposed to discuss and now the other side is in a position to say yo um let's hold up a second america is all about opening our arms to the tired the poor the all the stuff that's on the statue of liberty's slate we have to remember our identity and the conversation has been forced that ha- it's it was part of his messianic mandate that he's that I helped bring him into office with and now I want us to talk about it are we going to let uncounted and unvetted people just enter the United States through the southern border now we have to talk about this okay so just like you said that obama was elected with this supermajority and really all the Republicans would do could do about all of the plans and, and changes that he wanted to implement was just, just shake their fists. And that scared the fuck out of the Republicans. And that's why they threw up that big wall and just blocked him on everything that he wanted to do. A supermajority, which Trump doesn't have. He doesn't have a supermajority, but he's got... He has over 51%. He's got over 51%. There's not a lot that the, the Democrats can do. They can peel away. every Republican. Now every Republican vote matters. So you can peel away a couple. You can peel away. But it, 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 the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, uh, in these political times, those Republicans that peel away, as riled up as, a, as Trump has his supporters, they're going to start feeling it at home. So it's... It's going to be kind of hard for them to peel away, you know, because it's it's just going to be kind of iffy. It's going to. But as wild up as we are and a lot of a lot of the other side 
because it's just Philadelphia. So I, when I talk to people, it's usually somebody on the other side has said is that, you know, you're, you're all riled up and you all want this. There's no acknowledgement that we understand that he's not going to, you know, he's like, you're, you want a wall. There's no acknowledgement that I might think and believe that we're not going to have an actual physical wall. No, 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 Rodney, you, you think that he's going to build a wall. They're going to start, you know, shipping bricks down to Rio Grande and just, no, I just want to, I never thought that I'm going to get an actual wall. I just want stoppage. And so you're saying that Republicans in Congress are going to know that, you know, Rhonda's sitting at home and shaking her fist. You better do exactly what he says. And they're going to be scared to not do exactly what he says because they'll make me mad. But I don't need him to do exactly what he said. I do acknowledge that in the real world, we can't build a great wall with China. In the real world, we can't ban religion. In the real world, we can't just willy nilly give corporations free will in the United States to do business as they wish and at their women whimsy. I recognize this. And so I, I'm, I'm confident that Republicans, because he doesn't agree with them and they don't all agree with him. And I like that. I like that Republicans have supported him while at the same time saying, yeah, on that issue, though, I'm, I'm iffy on that and I'm going to fight back. And they have been. Mm-hmm. And he's accepted some. We've seen the last 30 days him accepting all right, there's been a little fight back. And because and, he has pulled back on a couple of things um, because of something somebody brought up to him or had people in the Trump Tower who, you know, are completely on the other what side. What has he pulled back on? Huh? I'm curious. Well, one of the things that he pulled first back on months ago was um, for health care. Even though he hates Obamacare, the, the Affordable Care Act, he supports um, pre-existing conditions and... No pre-existing. Oh, no, he supports pre-existing. He supports pre-existing conditions and letting your kids stay on till they're twenty-six. Well, that's part of the that's part of the uh, Affordable Care Act, right? And he and he said whatever else those stay. What, well, the the there's no pre-existing condition. right? Exactly. All right, because you kept saying he supports pre. Oh no no no! Right, so he supports you know allowing them, right? So to have no pre-existing right right okay. So he supports those two aspects. I've always supported those two aspects. And support anything else of the Affordable Care Act mm-hmm. because and even then I'm iffy on the whole 26 thing, but um no again because Affordable Care Act wants to give because I'm a money person and so the Affordable Care Act is designed to give everybody Cadillac health care this awesome health care with all of these bells and whistles, but that money has to come from somewhere mm-hmm. and there's no tree growing in Rose Garden. With, with dollar bills on it. So who's paying for all of this magical health care that I'm going to get that I don't necessarily need or want? Well, if you don't want so, it, you don't. But I can't say no. And, 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 and health insurers can't say no to me. Mm-hmm. So like one of the ones is, um, uh, was it birth control coverage? I, I don't need birth control coverage. I don't want birth for religious reasons. I have no interest in birth control coverage. So why should I have to pay for a health plan that has something I don't want? And on the other side, employers who, you know, have issues with that coverage, since that's like a major issue and it's in the Supreme Court right now, I bring that up. Um, why should they have to provide it if it goes against their belief system? The company. Right. And and that goes for anything that's in the healthcare. Okay. Because Luda Trouble, Rhonda, I wear really thick glasses, and 
So what's always been important to me in a health plan is vision care. I have, I have pretty good health otherwise, but my eyes suck to no end. Okay. So that was what my, that's what I considered important. Okay. Somebody else who has a family, your grandparents still have 20-20 vision, you have 20-20 vision. Why should you have to pay for this Uber vision care when it's not likely you're ever going to need it? Well, you don't have to. Right. You don't but, have to pay for that vision care. Right, but under the Affordable Care Act, everything is in there because he wanted to give everyone the plan that he has access to and that our, our politicians have access to. They have this awesome... Well, there are choices. So there are the plans, the plan, not everything is in the plan or, to, or covered to the same degree. Right, and that was one of the stoppages because his original plan was single-payer. Right. That's... I don't want single fare. I don't want it to be a line item in our budget. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so he he did what he, but it's still more than I wanted. And again, I would rather we go back to. We didn't have any. Huh? There were people, there were 20 million people that didn't have any insurance. So you'd rather go back to that. They had insurance. No, there were 20 million people that did. There are 20 they, they, million. Oh, oh, they didn't have insurance. They had health care because no doctor in the United States can turn someone away who's in need. They could, yeah, but they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford They couldn't. Afford but they the, could afford care. They could afford care. You cannot be sick and not have someone help you. No, somebody can help you, but you can't. But if you can't afford the bill, you can't afford the bill. They still, if you don't have any insurance, yes, they have to help you. And then they're going to send you a bill. And it's a bill that you cannot, if it's a bill that you cannot afford, now that bill is going to mess up your credit. So no, they can't, they can't turn you away, but you, if you can't afford it, you, then you therefore can't afford to go to that doctor. Or yes, maybe you can go to a free clinic, but if something's wrong with you that the free clinic cannot, cannot help you with, then you're shit out of luck. Then maybe that's my my argument because I know when I was poor we had Medicaid. Yes, you could, you could apply for Medicaid, but some not everybody uh, not everybody um, uh, 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 qualifies for Medicaid because Medicaid is based on your is based on your income. It's like you said, when you were poor, you could apply for Medicaid, but then there are those a whole lot of people that are in, that are just above the, the line for Medicaid. And, but they can't afford healthcare. Healthcare, and that's and it is for those people that you have the Affordable Care Act because that's it's in the name. It's the Affordable Care Act. Well, one of the things that I did like about going back to all the way back to two thousand that he wanted that Bush wanted Bush Junior that he wanted was to get rid of the monopoly that health insurers had within a state mm-hmm. so that oh, that kept people locked into jobs that kept people locked into states you would lose your health insurance if you change either your job or your state or whatever so in a free market system if you believe in a free market system which i do those 20 million without health insurance will have an option because any business is going to want something they're going to want to profit and you are out there. They could be getting money out of you and you, you might not be, you might not have a Cadillac health system. It might only be a Ford, but it's not a bicycle. It's not, you had nothing before. Not everybody. So, trust me. The, the affordable care act is not Cadillac's insurance. It's okay. Insurance. It's a, well, that, again, that was the compromise that we ended up with because of Republican obstruction to what 
the president won it. So the Affordable Care Act isn't, it, it's the best of a bad situation. Oh, I know he, he knew what he wanted and Republicans knew what they were going to stop him from getting. And so we got the Affordable Care Act, which pleases no one. Well, I'm not going to say it pleases no one. Well, it pleases people who didn't have. Yeah, and that's 20 and, million and that's, people and that's a significant number. Can I agree? Is it 20 million yes. that have it? Yes. Okay. That's a significant number. Agreed? Do they have it and they like it? Because people that I know talk to, they have major frustrations with it that it's not providing as planned. There are people that are, yes, but there are people that have insurance that they're paying for. Nobody is nobody is happy 100% of the time. True. But, True but the people that have it, from the people I talk to, yeah, not everybody is like screaming happy okay. about it. But they also recognize that I've got health care and I'm getting, if I can't get everything getting take, taken care of, I got something and I'm getting something taken care of, you know? And those 20 million, it's not, and nothing's going to change because, uh, nothing's going to change real soon. Well, president, pre, well, not real soon, but president like Trump and his, was it, uh, Senator Price who, no, Representative Price, who he selected to head health and human services, they, they're not getting rid of it. Well, they're just no changing it. No, they're replacing. He's, he's repealing it. He's rep well. You have to repeal it, the law as it is, but you have to replace it for those twenty million people. Yes. 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 Well, fix. I don't. I don't want to. I honestly don't want to see them fixed because then we'll end up with the tax code again. That's what the tax code is. Is well, we can't repeal it, so we'll just tweak it, and we end up with three thousand pages that no one can afford to read. I don't want that. The same thing to happen. With See, here's the, the Affordable Care it, Act, it, where we start tweaking this, and now we have to tweak something else. It's like when you're sick, and they give you a drug, but it gives you the side effects, and I have to take this other drug, so they get to add this side effect. I don't want to see that. Here's the, here's here's the problem, though. This this is my this is my thing. He wants to repeal it, so that he can replace it. Okay, replace it with what? He's been running for president for two years. We still don't know what he's replacing it with. Well, we have, I think it's three or four bills. We don't know what he's replacing it with, but we have three or four bills already in place that came out of the Republican House. That, but that's not that's not Trump. That's not Trump. So, so I I, I don't care about those. Trump but, is the one that said I want to replace it. So I'm. So what is your plan, Trump? Because just like because just like well, I Obama, would, did, Obama didn't have a plan. No, he did have well, a plan. Well, he had a plan. His plan he, was single payer. Regardless of regardless of whether or not you agree with the plan, plan, he had, he a, had plan. a plan. Trump doesn't have a plan. So Trump so Obama had a plan, gets into the office, this is my plan. Now, y'all want to work with it and we tweak it or whatever, whatever, and it, it, it turns out and this what comes out on the other end. But at the end of the day, I walked in here with a plan. Trump, there may be Republicans out there that have plans. That's great. But it's not but Trump's plan. It's not Trump's plan. I want to know Trump's plan because, to be honest, like I said, I, it hold, that's fair. Same thing holds true for Trump. No. You go in there, yo, you should be able to put your plan on the table. This, where are we going to start? We don't know his plan. So I hear you. So that's another aspect of, you know, like if I'm thinking about voting for the man, okay, I may not agree with you with your stance on, on Obamacare. I don't agree with that stance, but I'll hear you. If you tell me what you have to say. You tell me what you have to say. And he never did. He never did. He still, still has it. 
It still has it. It still has it. That but wasn't important to me. That wasn't important to you. Okay. Because what was important to you was the immigration. It was immigration, corporate taxes. Um, uh, Why are corporate uh, taxes important to you if you don't own a corporation? Corporate taxes are important to me because there's a lot of wealth that people of means aren't bringing into the United States because it's being taxed heavily. It'll be taxed heavily. Mm-hmm. So right now we're getting zero of it. We're getting zero percent. So I would rather lower the tax rate to something they can live with and then we'll get something. Right now we're getting zero. And instead of holding out for a big number, I'm willing to take the little number and we can have something. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough with that. So those are the aspects of his, of the governance that he wants to put in place that speak. Those are my big things. Those are your big things. It, it it always has struck me, and I've always been, um, you know, uh, uh, um, cognizant of that a lot of people's issues with Trump, because you couldn't really knock him on issues, because in my in my uh, opinion, he never really presented, you know, the alternative. He just shouted out what he what he didn't like, right? What, what needs to go, you shouldn't have done that, why'd you do this, oh, we're going to lock you up because you did this, and so and so and so and so, but he never presented an alternative, you know, and he would never, and he would never open up on himself, he never, you know, he comes at, you know, you for uh, how you made your money, what you did with your money, how you lived your life, and what you did, and maybe didn't do yet i'm not going to open up my books so that you can see what i did what i'm doing with my money and and what i did or or didn't do so there was never any alternative so while and i understood that he didn't necessarily have to present that alternative you know it wasn't the law didn't say that i had to put out my taxes and all this type of stuff at the end of the day i think the major thing that people had against trump was his character he didn't come across as a president. I, I could see, like, I think it was very telling the story you told about um, watching Reagan and versus Carter. Because I was, a, a, you know, we're close in age. age. So um, I remember those those times, too. And I don't remember. I was too young to know whether or not Reagan was a good um, president. But I knew that even with seeing him stand up against Carter, and I knew I knew enough. I like I remember Gerald Ford on TV as a president. I I think there's a whisper of me that remembers Nixon and 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 Carter. I remember thinking Carter was a nice man. I remember Gerald Ford looked like the um, he looked like Colonel Blake from Mash, which meant that he looked like a boob to me. Nixon looked like a crook. He was a crook. Reagan looked like the president. Yes, he did. I mean, and that's probably the Hollywood, the Hollywood thing. That's probably the Hollywood thing. <laughs> He'd done this before. <laughs> you know, I've been here before. <laughs> I know how to wear a suit. <laughs> he he looked like a president. So I was I was with him. I and I didn't even I was a kid, but I was like. He looks cool to me. You know, big, broad shoulders, all hair, spiky up. He's the president. 
Bush, Daddy Bush, Daddy Bush looked like Daddy Bush. He looked like a grandfather. So while I I actually didn't mind him as a president because he looked he looked like a guy that he, he gave a fuck. You know what I mean? And that's what I appreciated about him. Clinton. Clinton always looked like a three dollar bill to me. I voted for him, but he always did look like he looked a little too slick for the room. He always, he always, he always did. I'll be honest. He always did. And I'll be also honest that I did have a problem when all the whole issues like the extramarital affairs and all that type of stuff started coming out. I did have an issue with that because I, while I wasn't naive enough to expect my president to be perfect, I wanted my, I wanted my president to be above some reproaches. You know what I mean? Like what? Well, I mean, because Kennedy had done the same thing. No, see, see, and that's why that's why history, as far as in my eyes, doesn't look at Kennedy as a good as oh, a good president. Okay. I look at Lyndon B. Johnson as a good president. I don't look at it's problematic, but see, I look at Lyndon B. Johnson as a good president in the same way that I look at Bush, Daddy Bush, as ultimately a good president because I think they both really did want to do the right thing because Lyndon B. Johnson. Did a lot for civil rights, you know. Yeah, after I mean? he stopped him for years. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, well, well he got it. He got it. <laughs> Look, I ain't say the man was perfect. No, but I know what you. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm I, saying? I know where you're coming from. You know what I mean? He evolved. He evolved. He evolved. Everybody evolves. <laughs> he was evolving. <laughs> he was evolving, right? Right. <laughs> then Nixon got in there and he devolved. But um, so Clinton and his affairs for you. Clinton is Clinton and his affairs. They rubbed me the wrong way because I, I wanted my president to be a little bit above that. You know what I'm saying? I wanted my president to be more discreet. True. We, 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 well, I want, he showed us that they're doing it. I wanted Clinton to not let us know he was doing it. Yeah, because yeah, cause Clinton was just like... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that snake. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so that always did, like rubbed me the wrong way. I told you what I thought about Bush. I told you what I think about Obama. I think Obama, sometimes like he's the slowest talker in the world and annoys the fuck out of me. But Obama, I think that history will show that Obama was not a bad president at all. I don't, I'm not saying like, you know, he's going to be on Mount Rushmore, but I think that history will show that he was probably the best president we've had for the last 20 years. That's just my opinion. Donald Trump does not look like the president to me like he like when i see him well, I he's don't never see playing a man paul and i'll give him that fair enough because he hasn't been grooming himself since to, to be college. In, to be in right politics true but he doesn't look like the president to me and he doesn't come across character wise as what we're used to. no not as what we're used to because i'm fine i'm fine with somebody not being what we're used to Obama's not what we're used to. Okay. And even to a degree, Bush Jr. was not what we were used to. So I'm fine with not getting what we're used to. Okay. But he doesn't look like, he doesn't come across as what I want out there representing okay. us. That's what I have a problem with. And, and, and that I th- think has been the major problem that people have with. And I will totally agree with you on that, that 
he's and I think part of it is that it's not what we're used to and he is not um he doesn't have was it he, he he's on his third wife and mm-hmm. you know the reality tv show thing and you know we've never had a president who had his own marine one and his own air force one mm-hmm. and so i i agree with you on that um absolutely totally but i think that's one of the keys and why this president this president election year will go down because both i i paint rodham clinton with that same brush is that she was just as bad in, in, in those terms, not political terms, but in personal terms, just as bad as Trump. So, How so? Going back to the uh, her husband's White House with Whitewater, mm-hmm. going all the way back with Whitewater and the Benghazi questions, whether you believe it or not, there are questions. The personal server, there are questions. Mm-hmm. Um, she visited, was it her, as Secretary of State, she visited more countries than any other Secretary of State, but I've never considered visiting as most countries as possible to be what we shoot for in a Secretary of State. I wanted to see something actually accomplished. Um, and because she had come into office, into her office as Secretary of State with, um, I have all this experience that I can come to bring to bear as, as, this, as this diplomat. I didn't see any of it other than she visited a lot of countries and took photo ops. Um, so there's that. She did the same thing when, when her, I and she stood up for her man when forces, moral forces were arrayed against him and she took the women down just as strong as anybody else. But now she's turning around and she's a champion for women. Um, I understand why she did what she did at the time, but you can't call yourself now a champion for women if you've gone and done that. So I felt that both of them were in that same camp where they're not the person that I want to represent me, the person who has all of these questions and asterisks beside their name. So at the end of the day, you felt that her asterisks were greater than the ones that are against Trump? No, they were about equal. But again... He had party going. He had party going for him from me, and I liked his policy. I liked that he was bringing things to the table that she wasn't discussing. So he was already ahead. I just needed her to not have asterisks, but she kept bringing up asterisks. Well, they kept bringing up asterisks. I mean, she wasn't bringing them up. Well, she was. Well, well, the magical day. That's what the magical day is for. The magical day is there to bring out all the asterisks. True, because because they brought up his asterisks. Right, that's um, what they are for. True. However, while they brought up his, her asterisks, and some of and and admittedly, some of them were were questionable. Um, and some of, and, and the ways that they were brought up were questionable. While they brought up a bunch of his asterisks, he was putting out a lot of his own asterisks. Oh, absolutely. Because in the absolutely. way that he was talking and treating women, um, the way that he was talking and treating anyone who had even the inkling of an opposition to anything that he uttered he went full born against them um in the way that he denigrated the people that were running against him um people uh and then would flip-flop you know it, it 
But he flip flop from like, oh, it's noon, time to change my mind. You know, time to change the story. Uh, that is that is not what I saw her doing. Now I'll give it. I'll give it up. She was plastic. She was a plastic person. She was a product of the machine. Yeah, she was definitely a product of the machine. A definitely a, a sign of you know, a, a sign of business as you as usual. Um, that that uh, Trump did not represent, um, and w- which some people could see was. After eight years of Obama, for whatever you think of his presidency, she may have looked like a return to maybe back before him, as opposed to any progression of of his way of of governing. Um, I still think that as far as a person out there to represent the country, I still think that she certainly, in my mind, painted the better image. You don't. I don't. And you mentioned, you know, he would get out there and create his own actresses. But I saw those actresses and I can make my own judgment. He, he was totally in your face, totally transparent. Okay. Um, so what were your judgments in regards to his actresses? So the, the no, whole thing the, with, the, with the women. comments the com- that, that didn't bug me at all. I've, because... I've, I've been the only female on cruise. Um, I grew up playing with the boys instead of the girls and he didn't say anything that I knew guys talk about when they don't think anyone's listening. Okay, but that- If he had said that on a live mic, it would be a problem, but he said it on a mic that he thought was off. So that's, in my experience, that's exactly what guys would talk about when I wasn't around. The minute I walked into the room or coming toward the room, I would hear it. And then when I walked in the room, the conversation would stop because they were gentlemen and a lady had just entered the room like, oh, hey, Rhonda, or whatever. But it's not it, those those words. I've heard those words before. I hear you on that. I kind of agree with you, to be honest with you, in regards to that whole Billy, that whole thing, Billy Blanks. What's the guy's right? Just yeah. Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> Billy. Billy Boy. Billy Boy. Billy. <laughs> Billy Boy and I kind of agree with you a little bit on that because I know that, you know, people got all up in arms about, you know, what he was saying. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I haven't said anything that egregious, but I know some shit that has come out of my mouth. I know some stuff that's come out of my mouth with, with the girls. Right. However, however, what what I won't, uh, what I won't say is that, well, yes, he didn't know the mics were on there. He said plenty of shit he, to women knew. and about women with knew. the mics on and to the women and about women. Regardless of whether or not he thinks those, like the women that brought up all those uh, uh, the charges, charges, accusations, because it wasn't charges. It's right. It's just they, accusations. There was the accusations because they understood that, you know, a lot of them statute of limitations and technically it may not have been a crime or anything like that. But they brought up all these accusations. Regardless of whether or not you think those people were, were lying or not, or you, you didn't have to talk about them the way that you did. Um, and even regardless of them, you didn't have to talk to like uh, some of these reporters the way that you did. You didn't have to speak about the people that you were running against the way that you did. You didn't have to um, uh, speak about handy handicapped people or handicapped reporters the way that you did. About Clinton the way that you did. About Ben Carson, the way that you did, now all of a sudden he's your your HUD secretary. 
that was stuff he did with the mic on. That That's the stuff that he did while he was trying to show you that I'm presidential. And those don't speak of a president. Was he... And I, I grant you, we did not elect someone. I did not vote for someone who was, quote unquote, presidential. It's because, not important to you? Because, I mean, especially with the whole we, Americans appearing. We didn't have that option. We didn't have that option because she was no more presidential. Did she say stuff in front of live mics? No, but she was no more presidential. So you didn't vote was, for Trump in a primary? No. Okay. So I'm assuming you voted for Cruz. I voted for Cruz. Okay. But then he wins, and then right, and 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 over summer, I did. She was like I said, she wasn't any more presidential than he was. So for me, that was even Stephen. You um, really, you really don't think she wasn't more presidential? I mean, and, regardless and, of the skeletons of a cause. One of the one of the causes that, oh my God, I can't say that on this. But um, no, you can that, say no. This is a podcast. It's oh, not radio. okay. Oh my God, that fucking pissed me off. Was when the WikiLeaks thing happened. Okay. Um, and some which of her, one? Yeah, that's true. I need to narrow that down. Um, the October there was an October big October surprise. Always an October surprise. Um, and and this bunch is why it's called the October surprise. And this bunch showed what she thought because I'm Catholic, and it showed what she thought of Catholics because they were an obstruction to the policies that the that the Clinton campaign and that she wanted to progress and called us backwards and old fashioned and out of touch and we need to do something about us which that's normal many people think we're backwards and out of touch and old fashioned but where it crossed the line um especially for me was when you see them calling for what they called in these emails a catholic spring and looking to foment, see, planting, see, and they say planting seeds of revolution. So creating, and they said they recreated these two organizations. And I know what organizations they were talking about. I knew they existed and that the things they said were kind of weird. But now finding out that these people had created these organizations to do this, to undermine a religion. So you mentioned, you know, um, uh Trump wanting to ban Muslims, you know, attacking, basically attacking a religion. She did the exact same thing. She attacked the religion that this religion isn't meeting, isn't doing anything to help me. So they have to go. I have to find a way to remove them. They're not removing themselves. So I have to make underhanded moves to remove them. So she didn't come out and say, create an asterisk for herself saying, this is what Catholics think, like the way Trump said awful things about women and awful things about minorities and awful things about the disabled. Hers was much more, hers was underhanded. Hers was discreet. Hers was, we'll do it quietly. And the only reason we know about it is because of WikiLeaks. Maybe that was because there was hacking going on or, or what have you that's being investigated now. But now I know what the Clinton campaign thinks of people like me, because people like me isn't just a black and not just a woman. People like me is a Catholic. And I have these thoughts and you're saying that my thoughts are interfering with your plan. So you have to find a way to destroy me and mine. And, and, and I, that by that point I had had been moving Trump. I moved a little more to Trump. Yeah. But you also know, because of leaked things, regardless of, um, just like those were emails that were leaked. So it wasn't, it wasn't said in 
the light of day with a right. live mic. Like the live mic, right. Okay. You you now know a window into Trump's mind and in, in his thinking of women because of what was leaked out there. Um, everything else, what he thinks of minorities of all different shades and colors and more of what he thinks of women and the handicapped. No, you, they weren't underhanded because yes, he was upfront about it. And not only was he upfront about it and putting it out there, he was putting it out there in verbiage and, um, and, and, and language and the intent to rile up people. So uh, a, a lot of a lot of hatred and, and bad and bad intentions behind a lot of the rhetoric that he was putting out there because a lot of what he was putting out there was rhetoric. He was also putting out there a lot of misinformation. And then when called... All sides do that. Okay. I hear you. All sides put out a level of misinformation. And then when it is checked, people say, okay, yeah, they massage some, they massage some numbers. This is, the re- this is the real. Okay. There's one thing massaging numbers. He was putting out... The man spent five years trying to say that the president was not actually an American. He spent five years trying to do that. He spent five years saying that, yo, I've got people telling me, like, let me tell you, I've got the real deal. I've got the real documents. He said this. He said this on the news. He said this on bully pulpits. He said this on various different TV shows. And he said different variations of that same type of thing. Right. For five years, he did that. Putting out misinformation, putting out lies because he didn't have anything. He didn't have it at all. He never did. He lied about it for five years and then tried to backtrack off of it in one bullshit press conference. That was a uh, that as a press conference was bullshit. That's what that man did. That man also just sowed seeds of hatred in almost, not all, but a lot of the rallies that he was at. And when checked on that, asked to maybe back away from some of that because maybe you know you're right. the, you're the, you're the president you know you're the, you're the big man you maybe you don't know what's you don't know what's happening outside the door let me tell you what's happening outside the door well you know hey yeah that that's that's not cool anyway that's what that's what that man did i'm not going like i said clinton was plastic clinton had had her shit and a lot and but also, while Clinton had her shit, the people who are in place to check her on some of that shit checked into a lot of her shit and said that while there is some shit, there's not the shit that y'all thinking it, it is. All right. She did some shit. She did some shit that she shouldn't have done. And she even admitted, yeah, there was some shit that I shouldn't have done. And if I, and, and, and 
hindsight being 2020, I wouldn't have handled it that way. She said that. She multiple times came on there and, and owned it. All right? He ain't owned shit. He has yet to own anything. He didn't own for that five years. He tried. He, he basically oh, no, he is didn't. saying like that 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 shit never happened. I never came at the at Obama's neck. I never said that this man shouldn't have been. This man is not an American. I never. I, I never tried to um, sow seeds that we did not have an authentic president uh, uh, in the White House for eight years. I never did that. He never. He never apologized for any any of that. He never apologized to that to that man. On TV, I'm, maybe he apologized to him when they had the bull, little, the bullshit little meeting, meeting after that. But I guarantee you, we'll never know about it no. because if he did try and say say you're sorry, if he did, I guarantee you, in that little closed room, Obama said "fuck you." It's all good, nigga. You won. What the fuck? You know, like I I want your shit now. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Let's go out here and hold hands. You know, do what we got to do. But that's how Obama did that. We'll never know why that was a 90-minute meeting <laughs> instead of a 10 like it was supposed to be. Well, we know. We know. <laughs> we know. I live in trust. Let me tell you. Because Obama said, fuck you. But Michelle would have had some words with the motherfucker. That's why. You want, you want the real. Michelle was in that motherfucker. Let me talk with that motherfucker. I don't know why you want to talk to my shut the fuck up in my guy. Let me talk to him. Just read read another one of my fucking scripts. Listen. So that's that is what that man did. Did he create seeds? Oh, you said no, you said sow seeds. He sold seeds. He's, no, he didn't create the he seeds. He didn't create the seeds no. were already there. But he certain he certainly sold the seeds and he certainly watered them. He did. Yeah, I was gonna say he I don't I'm not gonna say he sold, but I will say he watered them. Um but again, and say it wasn't it wasn't well it was an easy choice for me but both were horrendous and i picked but you don't see you don't you don't see that as for, for as all objectionable of, for, for all do of, i think he's going to roll back what you know they're this is an apocalypse for minorities and especially an apocalypse for women with with um trump in office do i think those things are going to happen no, I, I, and maybe that's Rhonda Sunshine, but what no one would accuse me of being. But I don't think that my position as a woman is going to change because he's president. I do not think my position as a minority is going to change because he's president. Um, I don't think my position as anything much is going to change because he's president. I might be here in another two years eating crow with a side of crow, but I don't think any of that's going to change. Um, but do you think so it would have changed a- if, if Clinton was president? No, it wouldn't have changed with Clinton. That's what I'm saying. It was even Stephen. It wouldn't have changed with Clinton as president. Again, I didn't want the Affordable Care Act. I don't want unchecked abortion and birth control. I don't want open borders. I don't want a lot of stuff that she was calling for. So I did want the things that the the big the big ticket items that Trump is calling for. I liked his big ticket items, and I think the small ticket items are going to be a non-issue. Now, when an imperial wizard comes walking up into the White House, then we'll have a problem. But he made the imperial wizard happy and the imperial wizard gave him a vote and the imperial wizard will still be stuck in wherever he is. What do you think of his cabinet, his cabinet that he's putting together so far? Like everyone else, I don't understand why Carson is the head of housing. Especially um, when he said that I, I shouldn't be a head of 
anything. Exactly. Um, of course, then that begs the question, why were you running for president? But Right. Um, so, no, I don't understand that one. I, I, I haven't seen one that's a problem. I honestly haven't. Um, and, and he's picked people who disagree with him. What about the guy that he put in so, charge of the EPA? But I didn't like those rules either. And I say that as an environmentalist. Again, I love the earth and think that we should all take care of the earth. I don't think we should be forced where in, in minor ways. In major ways, no, I don't want to see, was it nuclear waste dumped into rivers? And I remember when you could set the Delaware River on fire. I do, I'm old enough to remember mm-hmm. when that happened. And same thing with the Schuylkill. Um, so there, there are definitely absolutely reasons for some regulations to be in place to protect us all, but we can't be overregulated. We can't be forced to do everything. I, I was taught the dangers of, of styrofoam and, uh, back in the eighties, we learned about styrofoam and we learned about, uh, uh, aerosol cans and, 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 using water willy-nilly, and I made my decision. I made my intelligent decision. That's not a decision that someone else might make. I use wind power. Wind power is more expensive than the regular energy, the Pico energy, uh, which is the energy uh, where we get this energy in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I use wind. It's more expensive. I know a lot of people who don't touch wind because they can't afford wind. Who am I to tell them you have to use wind or solar power? That, that That's not a choice for me to make for someone else. I can hope for you to make that choice, but I can't force you to make that choice. So I don't have a problem with his EPA chief. Um, who else? Sessions. Again, I, I haven't seen anyone that I have an issue with. You like Linda McMahon? She's in charge of a small business. She runs a small business. I actually don't have problems. I used to like her small business. I used to watch WWE in the 80s. So <laughs> when it was a little, little thing. Little, little thing. WWF then. That's what it was. Yeah, WWF. And they didn't have national tours and pay-per-view. No, they did not. No, they did not, man. The championship was on Saturday afternoon. Right, in the middle of the day. Bob Backlund. Y'all don't know that life. Y'all don't know about Ivan Pusky. It was a big deal when they had that little cartoon. Oh my god! <laughs> I oh thought that was the epitome. Rest in peace, JYD. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Coco, beware! <sighs> okay. All right. Well, we could go on forever. At the end of the day, you made your choice. Um, but I'm going to ask you that, uh, um, can we do this again in a year? Let's see, let's see how his first year goes. See what's happening. See what's, uh, see how things are looking. Yes. Okay. Not asking you to change. I'm not, yeah, I'm fine with being a Republican. Right. Rock on. My dangerous species in Philadelphia. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You said you and your sister have just started talking again. Did yeah. you, was it was it a was it a big thing? Yeah, she didn't take it well. We had plans that Friday, which we had already set. Mm-hmm. So if it was, I don't, I I I hesitate if we would have. But she knew you were a Republican. She didn't expect you to vote along party lines. No. 
She thought this would no, be well, 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 no, well, no, and I will give her that. It's not so much as she didn't expect me to vote for Trump. No one, including Republicans, expected Trump to win. So it, it wasn't supposed to matter that Rhonda votes for Trump. It wasn't true. supposed to that matter. <laughs> that is true. So, yeah, so that was, it, it just, yeah, it wasn't supposed to matter. <laughs> that, that is very true. Now, but you, you're, you two are, you're trying to mend fences there. Yeah, we went to brunch on Sunday and. And you talked it out? So, oh no, we're avoiding the subject. And, okay. and, you, and usually we avoid the presidential election for a few weeks. Okay. For yeah, we usually don't discuss the presidential election until a few months have passed. We'll discuss other stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. events, but we'll leave that big one alone until the the loser can finally talk again and deal with it. <laughs> so y'all went to- and this is the same way eight years ago, where it's like, okay, we can talk about Obama, we talk about everything else, but we can't talk about him. And then a few months later, I was ready to talk about him. That's just our pattern. Okay. Did um and y'all went to lunch? Y'all had a brunch, you said, mm-hmm. and y'all y'all had a good time. Yeah, yeah. So y'all y'all back on speaking terms. Yep. This is your older sister, younger, younger sister, younger. How 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 many years difference? Four. Four. Oh wow, mm-hmm. a whole presidency. <laughs> oh, that's a whole presidency. That's a whole presidency. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, um, then we will. I'm I'm sure. You'll be back with us before then. Okay. We'll do something trekking. But I was, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for, I'm very grateful for this opportunity just for the visibility. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, th- and I thank you. Um, like I said, I was fully prepared to just, you know, not t- let people know who you were and still have the conversation. But I, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. We put it out there, and um, you stated your case. You stated your, your frame of mind, your point of view. I may not agree with your point of view, but we knew that going in because mm-hmm. you're a Luddite. <laughs> yeah, there are many points of view. <laughs> Went back to the cell phone thing, but I tried. <laughs> I know. I Star tried. power buttons. I renewed my contract for another year. So if they came out with a, a, a <laughs> cell phone that, that ran on wind, you'd be down with it. Is that what you're saying? Like, if you could just blow on it and make the call... <sighs> Hi, sis. <laughs> I don't know, because I still have to remember to carry it. I don't have to carry, remember to carry my, my trim line. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, then I'm going to have to take my inhaler everywhere I go. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh and maybe God. that's, I don't, there are people who carry, I don't care. I need a portable fan, too. If I, if, <laughs> if I need to leave the house with nothing but my keys, I can leave the house with nothing but my keys. Yeah, but, but if something happens to you, we won't be able to know. We don't want anything to happen to you, Ludite. Oh. Especially now that people are going to know your name. And just just, to like, my sister just like, Rhonda, please, I beg you, don't put anything on your lawn or in your windows. Please. You didn't do that, did you? I didn't. I did last time, but it got ripped down. I did put up a Romney Ryan sign. It got ripped down. To Mitt Romney, yes. He, 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 that's, a, that's a no one. Look looked like a $3 bill. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't. And, and now, and, and it, proof that he's a $3 bill. He shit talked the hell out of Trump. Shit talked them left to right. And then, but, see, that I didn't but have what's a, the goal? Okay, but no, absolutely. The two men don't get along. But what's the goal? That we get along or we move the United States forward? What is the goal here? Do you have to like the people you work with? I mean, I'm not saying that Trump should choose them. I'm saying, 
Do you have to like the people that you work with? No, you like, don't have to like the people that you work with, but you have to buy have in. You have to buy in he, right. to their plans, right? And what well, they're Romney doing. Well, Romney buy into his plan, and Romney. And I think that I think that's why we've been watching this discussion for what is it? Almost three weeks now. The whole Secretary of State thing. The whole yeah. Secretary of State thing. Who do you want to be Secretary of State? Who who would who of whom you've seen, or maybe it's somebody else? Do you think he should choose for a Secretary of State? I don't have anyone on my radar. I mean, I liked Romney, but I liked Romney because he just had gravitas. I mean. Yeah, I liked him because he had gravitas, and he, that's just great temper. And that's he's like the Reagan mold of someone who looks like they painted the presidency on them. Yeah, he is. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. There's a spray paint on president, and he just wore it. You're right. You're right. You look like Paramount Pictures presents exactly. Mitt Romney. Yes, he does. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But really, I I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, I don't know, but I... You know, I, what's, what's the little troll from uh, New York? Giuliani? Yeah, he's officially out today. Oh, he is? He's officially out, because I was, I was home all day from work, um, taking a vacation day, and he said, actually, he backed out 10 days ago and sent his letter removing himself from um, consideration, but they asked to please keep him on, because they wanted him in the cabinet somewhere and he he didn't want we'll find out what the truth of that is when mm-hmm. somebody writes a book a few years from now but he oh a, i can't wait for the documentary about but, this one yeah but he's officially out of the running as of today okay well that's good i can't i like like so now it's down to 10 <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> this is like the republican primary it's, <laughs> like i think i think as much as i didn't want trump to win the picture of Giuliani and Christie just standing there like, 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 you know, I, looking like Butch from the Hour Gang. Just like, <laughs> I, I just couldn't stand donut-eating bastard. But anyway, all right. Rhonda, this has been fun. We'll this do, was fun. We will do this again in a year. We'll do this. We'll do this again in December, just before Christmas. Yay. This will be a Christmas tradition here <laughs> on Triple Nation. One night with Rhonda. One right. One night with Ludite. Okay. Hey, that rhymes. One night with Ludite. Yeah. One night with Ludite. Wow. Gives, and and this gives Storm time to prepare. She has three hundred and sixty-five days to take an acid. Hmm. <laughs> mm. You just eat. Thank God you don't know. She don't know your address. Ludai! <laughs> Ludai! <laughs> Come on, bitch! <laughs> I know you ain't on the phone, bitch. I don't see the wheel spinning, so ain't nothing on in that motherfucker. <laughs> well, I got a blow on the doorbell. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong. Open up, Ludai! <laughs> Oh, hell no. Anyway, this has been fun. This has been a great time. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And thank you for talking to me and giving me this opportunity, as I said. Yo, yo, at the end of the day, I fucking love you, Rhonda. <laughs> Always will. Cool as shit. Best bus ride of my life when I met you. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, 
I hope that's it. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, this was kind of this was cool. And uh, let us know. Let us know what you think. Email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Or you can hit um, that way. If you email us, I can forward it to <laughs> Ludite Triple <laughs> at her job email. But if you tweet us or leave it on Facebook, well, I'll, I'll have to copy and paste it into a do- Word document. Again, After removing the hyperlinks. Y- yes. Removing, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Send your postcards. <laughs> no, so hit us up on a, a Twitter or a Tribble uh, or Twitter, Twitter or Facebook at Black Tribbles. Email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Let us know what you uh, thought of this nice little special one night with Ludite. This is the Bad Tribble. Don't forget to put some sunshine on your face. I got mine. Go get yours. And in part, we say, love you.